there, new friends. This is Ellen Weatherford. Do you like animals? Do you enjoy arbitrarily rating things out of 10? Can you tolerate puns? If so, join me and my husband, Christian, over at Just the Zoo of Us for a weekly review of your favorite animal species. Just the Zoo of Us is available on Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast apps. You can find us at anchor.fm slash just the zoo of us. See you soon. The folklore in Kid Cryptid wouldn't exist if it weren't for the rich history and vibrant cultures these stories come from. While we do our best to provide accurate information, we recognize that we are, at best, amateurs here. This podcast is best considered for entertainment purposes only, and it comes from a place of love and respect for the peoples behind the lore. Now, on with the show. Hello everyone, Sean here for another Campfire Compendium, the Kid Cryptid spinoff where I talk about urban legends and unsolved mysteries. So lock the door and turn off the lights because here we go. Early in the morning of April 4th, 1922, several men from the village of Kaifeck, Germany gathered outside the farmstead of Andreas Gruber. No one had seen Andreas nor any members of his family for days, and the townsfolk had decided to check on them. What they found was a sickening display of brutality that left the community frightened and confused. In the barn, they found the bodies of Andreas, his wife Cecilia, their adult daughter Victoria, and her daughter Cecilia. They had been hacked to death by a mattock, which is a tool very similar to a pickaxe. Inside the house, they found the bodies of housekeeper Maria Baumgartner and Victoria's two-year-old son, Josef. They, too, had been bludgeoned to death and so began an investigation that remains unsolved to this day. By all accounts, the Grubers were not especially popular. They lived some distance out of town on an isolated farm known as Hinterkaifeck, where they mostly kept to themselves except for occasional trips for necessities or to attend church. Andreas was known to have a temper and for being cantankerous at best, and it wasn't uncommon for people to notice Cecilia covered in bruises from her husband. Despite having numerous children, only Victoria survived to adulthood, and there were rumors that the others had been killed as a result of Andreas's abuse. If that weren't enough, it was also rumored that Andreas was really the father of Victoria's young son. Despite all this, people took notice when Andreas came to town one day with stories about odd things that had been happening around the farm. He mentioned that he had found footprints in the snow leading from the woods to the farmstead, but they didn't ever turn back. He had also found a newspaper in the house that no one in the family had purchased. At another point, his house keys went missing. All searches around the property failed to turn up the cause of all the happenings, though he did find some damage to the tool shed where it looked like someone had tried to break in. Prior to these events, the housekeeper who had been living with them for six months packed up and left, claiming the house was haunted, because she kept hearing noises in the attic, and had a constant feeling of being watched. Feelings for Andreas aside, people recognized just how creepy all of this sounded and urged him to notify the police. One neighbor even offered him a rifle, but he turned it down. A few days later, on March 31st, the Grubers were murdered in their home. Maria Baumgartner, the housekeeper, had just begun her new job with the family the day before. The investigation turned up few clues as to the identity of the killer. 
Several other chilling details were determined, however. The murders had taken place several days before the bodies were found, but during that time, smoke could be seen rising from the Gruber's chimney. The cows had also been tended to and the dog had been fed. Food in the house had been prepared and consumed. Whoever had committed the murders stayed in the house, going about their business as a normal person living on a farm. So who killed the Grubers? That's the million-dollar question. Several theories have been posed, but none have borne anything conclusive. The first guess was that Victoria's husband had returned and murdered the family when he saw little Yosef. He had been reported killed in action during the war, but his body was never found. People believe that this left a chance for him to really be alive and capable of doing the deed. The second guess fingered Lorenz Schlittenbauer. He had been involved with Victoria at some point, and she even listed him as the father on Yosef's birth certificate. But if that were the case, what was the motive for killing the rest of the family? And murdering his supposed child? It's easy to look at Schlittenbauer as an angry ex-lover, but evidence connecting him to the crime is weak at best. A current theory suggests that it was a man named Paul Mueller, who had actually been a serial killer in the U.S. Several similar murders took place in the early 1900s where entire families were killed, and the guilty party seemed to linger at the scene for some time after. The murders abruptly stopped as authorities began to close in on Mueller, and it is suspected that he returned to Germany. While no physical evidence puts Mueller at the scene, the whole event matches his profile. If it was him, though, what made him stop after this? With such a history of repeated behavior, it seems a bit strange that he would just stop after resuming his old habits. And so the mystery of Hinterkaifeck lives on. It's likely we'll never know who did it or why, but the brutality and shocking nature of the murders continues to hold on, demanding that we keep trying. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. Once again, I'm Sean, and you've been listening to Campfire Compendium. Until next time. <laughs>